podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The weather is cold, but the welcome is warm here for your December edition of the Res Review Audio Magazine here on Anfield Index. Uh, lots to come in this show where we're going to look back on uh, November's all of November's games, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Uh, we've got our Player of the Month, uh, Goal of the Month. Uh, there's uh, our Academy Update, Fantasy Premier League trivia, predictions for December, and we've uh, we've got a very special uh, LFC Women update. All of that to come. But uh, it's not just me, of course, not just me, Andy Wales. It is also my co-host for this, as ever, Mr. Guy Drinkle. And Guy, it's been uh, an... I'd say a month of mixed fortunes for Liverpool. Yeah, kind of similarly how the uh, Premier League's gone, or not, not the Premier League, how the season's gone so far for us, I should say. Because, I mean, we've been fired in the Premier League and our European form has just, it's just abysmal, uh, especially especially this bloody month. Um yeah, uh, we'll obviously talk about it, but I mean, yeah, a mixed a mixed month being pretty polite about it. Yeah, a, a definitely a mixed bag. Uh, start of the month, Premier League away to Arsenal. It finished one one, and it, that in the context of going away from home, going to Arsenal, who were in form, um, you'd say on the face of it, yeah, a one-one draw, that's not bad. But I've got to say, guy, I was really, really disappointed with our approach to this game. I just, I, I thought the opportunity was there to really go go at Arsenal, to really get to get at their back line, to put them under pressure because they'd like to play up from the back now, and they don't look comfortable doing it when they're when they're pressed. So I thought the opportunity was there for us to really play our high intense game, certainly first half, get at them, um, and create some opportunities and maybe score some goals but it, it was anything but that I th- it was an odd performance I found from Liverpool in this game Yeah, I mean it wasn't great and I think <laughs> this is probably a common theme from uh, from this podcast uh, it, it seemed to just stem from the midfield um, this was probably Fabinho's worst game in a Liverpool shirt but he probably, for me anyway, I know people uh, debated this at the time, but he was probably <laughs> he was probably the least worst, <laughs> if that's the best way of putting it. I thought he was I thought he was trying to do the jobs of two people because Ginny Vinealdum was embarrassing in that game for me. He he just he was completely lost, and um, yeah, I mean we were I think we were very lucky to get away with a draw. I mean, I'm not sure what it, I think the stats may have been in our favour, but just, just I'm remembering a few weeks ago, you know, we've had an international break, but I, I just remember Arsenal just outplaying us pretty much consistently throughout the game. Um, and I know, I know we took the lead, didn't we, with that Milner chance on the edge of the box, but for me, it was just, uh, it was, I think it, I think it was a point that we were kind of lucky to get and a point looked good, but, Again, I imagine we mention this on every podcast because we have to. The competition we're facing in the Premier League, not just Man City. Uh, I know Chelsea uh, got spanked by Tottenham the other day, but uh, results like that, you just you you think, what if? Um, if you get what I mean. I know we haven't dropped any points against the lower teams so far, but <clears throat> Arsenal's one of them teams where you look and match up. It goes. Last season, I know we not we weren't as defense, defensively stable last season, but you just look at it and just go, last season we could have probably put three or four past them because, as you said, their defense was awful. Even in this game, where we weren't at our best, I mean, who, who was playing? Rob Holden and Mustafi. Um, I know Rob Holden's got his own little fan section in, in Arsenal. Um, Twitter and stuff like that, but I mean, god damn it, they were awful. The amount of free headers. That was it. I remember this. I remember it clearly now. Van Dyke should have had like a hat trick, shouldn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, when he puts an orange shirt on, he's Virgil van Stryker. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That is the one. Um, yeah, I mean, we should we should have probably won, but the performance just it, it wasn't great. I mean, we were we we came away thinking, what if Virgil Van Dijk scored? So it kind of sums up our our play style in that game. It was it was all about their um, awfulness and set pieces. But yeah, possibly the lack of goals from the rest of the team's a bit of a worry. But that's probably not it's not the time and place to talk about that. I imagine. What did you think mm-hmm. of the Arsenal game, Andy? If you can uh, remember, <laughs> yeah, it flattered to deceive. I just my my overriding um, memories of that game were, were just disappointments. That I I was really disappointed that I thought we would be much braver, and and I think that's going to become a kind of a theme for me uh, too way too often this season. I thought we'd be much braver in our approach to the game, and and it cost us two points. I, I really believe that our our reluctance to uh, to go at teams and get at them and and play similar to to the to the way that that we did last season that brought us so much success uh, I think really cost us two points in that game and it's uh, it's disappointing but not as disappointing as the next game uh, Champions League it's been a shit month there's no two ways about it and the next game up was away in Belgrade against Red Star who are by no means as bad as that Maribor team that we played last year. You know, Red Star are, let, let, no disrespect, they're a pretty mediocre side. They're, they're okay, they're decent. Uh, certainly at home, they're, they're, a, they're a bit of a tough prospect. Away from home, they're getting spanked generally. But to go there and put in the performance that we put in uh, was, quite frankly, embarrassing. Uh, and I'm struggling to find anything else for it, guy. Um, it was it was just horrendous. Uh, as I said, criticizing the midfield will be a consistent theme in this one. And again, uh, a selection of three of the old guard midfield, uh, which we'll we'll come on to later. I know Fabinho played in the Arsenal game, but it wasn't as bad as this. Um. Yeah, in this game we had Milner and Vinealdum and Adam Lallana, who yeah, he won't be up for Player of the Month, people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Ginny Vinealdum and James Milner in this game were just embarrassing. Um, it, it was it was one of the worst performances I've seen, especially under Jurgen Klopp. I mean, I'm not going to say it's as bad as when was it Northampton we lost? I'd God, I'm, I'm I'm bringing this podcast out. Oh, no, <laughs> don't don't yeah. take me back to the Hudson. Yeah. Days. Yeah, um, yeah, I won't do that. Uh, but yeah, we we've had worse results. But considering how good this team is or should be, uh, and has been at, at some stages in this season, th- this was possibly the worst performance under under Klopp. I know we've been spanked yeah. by a few teams, but this was just awful. And considering, as you said, Belgrade respect them, got a brilliant atmosphere and stuff like that. <clears throat> we seem to just cower in that atmosphere. And just completely lost. And again, we haven't really mentioned the front three for a lack of goals, but I, common theme again. That we've got a pass to him. <laughs> it's just, I know, I think Sturridge missed a chance and that was it. All his fault. Um, but it, it clearly wasn't. I mean, concede, well, that, two, yeah, the, concede two goals against Red Star. Yeah, the, the goals were appalling. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, that, that Sturridge chance, it was an excellent chance. Uh, not actually when I looked at it, perhaps not quite as as easy as as we all think. Not you know the speed and the way that it bounces up, but a player of his quality should be finishing that absolutely, or at the very least get it on target. We had multiple other chances as well to to do something. We we could have scored goals. We should have scored goals. It was a pathetic performance. It was totally disjointed, uh, and this is a thing that it is it is becoming a common theme. And you mentioned the front three is our, our team looks disjointed with. And it stems from the midfield. It it really, really does. Um, let, let's just put that one to bed because I don't want to think about that anymore because we've still <laughs> got more to come. Uh, l- next up was the Premier League. Liverpool at home to Fulham. A 2-0 win. Not an entirely convincing performance, would you say? Well, considering I predicted like 6-0 or whatever I did, Andy, it didn't go yeah, up on, did it? <laughs> No, it wasn't that. But um, yeah, I mean, we were talking before we started recording, weren't we? we? Were going, 
we can't keep saying the attack's going to click at some point in this season, but maybe, maybe this is just us now, Andy, is that we get up to 2-0 and just go, well, we'll just keep the clean sheet rather than go for 4-5, and five, or maybe concede one. Um, so maybe that's it, we're just trying to protect the goal difference in a different way, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen Fulham all this season, uh, I think, obviously, Jukanovic got sacked after this game, Um well, which is a nice bonus for us, because normally what clubs do is they sack the manager oh, before yeah. they play us, and then we we get the the old bounce back thing. So especially yeah. them hiring Ranieri, who's given us problems in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it could it could have been a different story, but I know. I mean, two nil against Fulham, you're never going to complain about a two nil win. But you look you look at Fulham at that point. I mean, even then they conceded two to uh, Southampton under Ranieri. <laughs> but you look and think we should have won. We should have won this game by more, but I'm never going to complain about a win. I mean, it was just a bog-standard Premier League game that we pretty much done all season, haven't we? Yeah, a win is a win is a win, and I think that was the way to look at that game. It was, we, we got what we needed out of it. And that I, I can't remember anything about the game. That's, a, that's pretty much yeah, what the, I'll the, say. <laughs> there was, obviously, there was their claim for a goal, which was actually, was correctly ah, yes, offside. Yes. He was offside. Um, the what was... Not picked up on that should have been. Obviously, was Allison. The ball was was still moving as he played the as as he played it out, and then we're quick on the attack and Salah scores. It was nice to see uh, Salah scoring a breakaway goal like that because that was more of the more Salah from last season that we we came, became so accustomed to that I've, I've I've become so accustomed to seeing this season. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was a game that um, we probably didn't take full advantage of and and it's a little bit of a shame because we maybe could have done with that little boost to, to get us all going again but um what, what about the next one then because we had an international break all got bored to tears with with all that crap oh, and yeah. i must admit i think i watched about one and a half minutes of international football throughout the um whole nations league league of nations uh, united nations <clears throat> whatever the hell UEFA United Nations League whatever they're calling it anyway um, who cares back to, back to business in the Premier League now this was for me was a potential banana skin I, I was a little nervous going into this game against Watford I'd actually predicted that we would drop points and draw this game just by how tough they tend to be at home and, and the, the kind of games that they've had against other top six teams at home but we go there and we get a 3-0 victory. So talk to me, guy, because I've only seen the highlights of this game. Unfortunately, I was working, so I didn't get to get to see it live. So talk, talk to me about Liverpool beating Watford 3-0 away from home. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was... I wouldn't say... It, well, we ended up pretty comfortable. Uh, the first half was abysmal. Um, literally nothing happened for like 38 minutes and then there was a couple of chances uh, Ben Foster was probably their man of the match which sums it up um, the only debate point is that they could have possibly had a penalty at nil nil in the second half I mean it, it depends which side of the fan base uh, not side, which fan you are really all Watford fans would say it's a penalty and all Liverpool fans would say it wasn't but um, it, it was definitely clumsy by Robertson, but it, 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 I think it would have been very soft uh, if we if we had given, if it was given. Um, but I think when, when, it, won, when it went 1-0, um, I obviously do face off, I was talking to the Watford fan, Adam, uh, and he said, yeah, as soon as it went 1-0, the whole game plan goes out the wind, window, and then if it went 1-0, you'd think Liverpool would exploit all the spaces and stuff like that, and we, that's pretty much what we did. And obviously this game is marred by uh, Henderson's red card. Uh, again, we will probably discuss him more in focus on the uh, PSG one that we're going to do next. Um, but yeah, Henderson and Wijnaldum, again, uh, <laughs> even though we're winning, he's still got to complain about the midfield. The midfield was absolutely horrid in this game. Uh, Wijnaldum, I'm seeing some, I saw some people give him sixes and sevens. I mean, he got a slightly better in the second half, but... So did everyone when we scored a goal, uh, and that, that's not that's not when that's not when you should be playing. That's when you should be playing at nil nil when it's a tough game. And uh, yeah, both midfielders are horrendous again. But uh, Henderson got a got a red card, very stupid. I mean, it was just completely idiotic. Yeah, um, I, I, I remember seeing that one. The first yellow card he received, I've got no complaints with. That's fair enough. You take them. The second one, 
in that situation, for me, it was completely unnecessary. And it's, and I'm not sure what it is, whether it's like overcharged aggression that was, we've, we've seen him in recent months, you know, he's screaming at uh, officials, he's screaming at players, flying into the challenges like that. It was completely unnecessary. You know, for me, use your brains, bit of composure. You don't, the, it wasn't a dangerous situation. It was, it was just unnecessary and it, and it puts your teammates under undue pressure. And it, yeah, yeah. he was warned two seconds before stupid. it as well. Yeah. Absolutely stupid. No excuse for it. An experienced player shouldn't be making those kind of errors in, in my view. But, but then again, you know, you know, the team see it out. We get, an, you know, the, there's a goal late on. All is well. Three points. You know, we're, we're, we're keeping that challenge going with, with Man City in the league. And this is the contrasting fortunes that I, I spoke about at the start of the show, really, isn't it, Guy? That in the league, we're not always performing, but we're getting the results that we need. However, in Europe, um, no, you can't really say that, can you? Um, yeah. Uh, we Well, put it this way, listen, me and Andy just uh, spent about... 20 minutes talking before the podcast pretty much all about last night <laughs> and it, it was not it was not glowing uh, it was not a happy conversation was it Andy I mean last no. night was pathetic it, it was, was pathetic it was horrendous um, midfield horrendous forward line marooned I think Trev used that on Raw last night it's the perfect word for it it was like it was like a sequel to Castaway the front three um, it was horrendous, um, and and the defence. Uh, well, might as well debate it now, Andy. I mean, we talked before we start recording. As I said, why are we why are we bringing it? Why are we changing the team about for players like Jordan Henderson and Dejan Lovren? I mean, I can understand it if we're bringing in like prime Jabby Alonso or something like that and you can change the midfield about for that. But it's Dejan Lovren and John Hend why are we why are we messing about with the with the team dynamic for two two uh, I, I don't wanna I think Henderson's obviously had more good than bad, but I mean in, in recent this season and last season it, it it's it's just it's just gone sour for me. His his Liverpool career's soured a bit. Whereas Dejan Lovren, I mean he's had he's had spells of good form but overall he's been terrible, let's be honest. Um, yeah. why, why are we ch- why are we messing about with the team for these two players? I, I can't get my head around it. I honestly could not. When I looked at that team be- when it was announced, I I had immediately was concerned. And you don't want to be negative and all the rest of it, but the the concerns were genuine and for for me for good reason because they're based on previous history you know it's it's based on what's happened it's not just oh that's my favorite player and that's a player i don't rate and all the rest of it it's based on history and what we've seen uh, and i i i cannot get my head around why we why we play joe gomez at right back to accommodate dayan lovren now if if we're playing dayan lovren to you know to rotate and give like Joe Gomez a bit of a rest here and there because we can't expect him to play every single game throughout the season, then fair enough. But for but to leave Trent Alexander-Arnold on the bench to then play Gomez at right back where he's not looked too comfortable just to get Lovren in the team. Uh, if the idea is it makes us def- more defensively solid, I, I'm, I'm totally lost on that one because it does, does the exact opposite. Especially, especially when you think back to the first game, you know the game at Anfield against PSG. Trent was arguably our best player on the night. He was excellent. He caused them all sorts of troubles. Neymar does not want to go backwards. He does not want to do any mm-hmm. kind of defending. So, you know, it, it made total sense when we were looking. We did. I did the Premier, the uh, Champions League preview podcast on this one, and that was the expectation that we would look to exploit them spaces that PSG inevitably leave because of those attacking players that don't want to do the defensive side of the game, that Trent would be the ideal player who will take advantage of that. And you've got his recovery pace. You've also got Gomez from the middle. Gomez and Van Dijk have have unquestionably been our best centre-back pairing. Why you'd mess around with that, I I really don't know. And as for the midfield, um, (laughs) I know the word cowardly has been used and... I would actually say, for for me, the 
the performance of the midfield was was similar to that of the the referee and and look as was also said on that that post match uh, podcast you know we're not going to blame the referee I'm nowhere blaming the referee for our defeat because that's on us and our performance and essentially for me on the manager for picking that team and the tactics that that referee was appalling he was absolutely gutless frightened to give every, any decision against PSG to the point where he had to be convinced by his uh, other officials that it was actually a penalty uh, and that is for me was that midfield display it was absolutely gutless there was no fight nothing in there at all we went down with a whimper and that's something i can't accept i can accept us going down in a you know in a ball of flames and going out fighting i can't accept us going out with a whimper and and that's what it was it felt like an absolute whimper uh, and the only reason in the areas in uh, parts of that second half where we looked like we could maybe get back into it and Tommy uh, Thomas Tuchel was looking so agitated on the sidelines was because PSG were perhaps a little tired and were easing off and a bit too arrogant and that was giving us the opportunity to maybe get back into it but we were absolutely gutless and we left that front line isolated and and again it's this theme that midfield that those three when they're picked together to play Vinaldum Henderson and Milner, it's flat, It's no, there's no creativity, it lacks a link to the forward line and they end up with the forward line are just kind of left to it and they've got to chase lost causes like a dog chasing after a ball. And and that for me is not Liverpool Football Club, it's not Jurgen Klopp football and it's not what we saw last season and it was, I, I was furious last night and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it's still coming across, guy, because I'm I'm still quite angry now. I'm, yeah, I, I am as well. It, Apologies it, for that long rant, by the way. Oh no, it's it, it's all good, Andy. I mean, that's what people that's what people probably expect. Um, we're obviously I'm not sure when this will be released uh, with all the post match stuff co- coming out, but this is the Thursday, so the day after. Just just for the people listening. Uh, it it was embarrassing. I mean, we've mentioned the midfield throughout this month. Um, last night was just it was the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. It was, it was, it was just it was disgusting. It, it disgusted me that 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 that's the starting midfield in a P, in a game against PSG away, which we need to win. Let's not take the mick here. Let's not talk about beating Napoli one nil or by two two clear goals. We'll come. We'll come to that on the predictions. I think about that next game. But we Liverpool. I know it's not a, a thing under clock, but the the games that matter so much, whether it's final or whatever. I know we had the run of the Champions League final and stuff like that. But I don't. We didn't need this Napoli game in our bloody lives. Not when we're trying to keep up with the best team in Premier League history. Not not whilst we've bottled away in Red Star. That's what we've been in the Champions League this season. Absolute bottlers. Even in, even when we beat PSG, we should have won that game eight nil, and we we scraped through in the last few minutes with a bobby piece of magic. What a joke! Champions League been disgusting this season. Let's be honest. The only acceptable performance has been the Red Star at home, and if we didn't win that by more than one goal, it would have been a joke anyway. It's it, it's been. It's it this this month's been horrendous. Let's be let's be fair. I mean, two two decent results against Fulham and Watford. I mean, we should have won them games with our bloody reserves. And uh, yeah, it, the the other three games are pretty embarrassing, especially the Champions League one. I think mean, last night was just utterly horrendous. I mean, Milner, fair enough, he tried, but the other two, god damn it, they're just embarrassing. Ginny Vinealdum, yeah. ev- everyone rates him. He gets away with murder. He's an embarrassment at times. It's a joke. Henderson gets a lot of stick, rightfully so. Embarrassing at times. Him and Ginny Vinealdum, if they can't play together, I mean, Ginny gets away with a lot of free free stuff. But I'd, I'd, I'd I wouldn't be asked if both of them left tomorrow, if I'm honest. At least Milner, Milner shows <laughs> yeah. fight at least. Yeah, Ginny goes give, hiding. Yeah, I give him that at the very least. You know, at least uh, Milner did show fight last night, and that was the the only part of that midfield that showed any kind of fight other than that yeah I'd have hooked the other two at half time quite happily hooked them both at half time and changed it around it, it desperately needed it and the fact that Tuchel was making changes before Klopp in the second half God. after that first half I, I'm sorry I, I'm still struggling to get my head around things that that and that's you know as I said 
contrasting fortunes, it really has been this month. You know, it's unacceptable. That That is what I would classify that Red Star performance and the PSG performance just to goes alongside nicely with that Napoli performances. They were unacceptable. For for this club, for that team, they were unacceptable performances. Brendan and that is levels. Yeah. And that is that and that's been again this month. It's you know unacceptable in the in the Champions League, but in the league we're doing just about enough and we're keeping up the challenge. And 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 I think that's where we really need to uh, draw the November's results to uh, to a close before we uh, start uh, having aneurysms or anything like that. Woo-sa. So let's <laughs> let, let, let's get some positives to talk about then. Uh, goal of the month. What was what was your Liverpool goal of the month for November? Um, I, t- <laughs> I was kind of doing this a bit last minute. And you you said to me it was pretty clear, and then you said the Shakiri one against Fulham, and then I think we both went. Trent scored a mint-free kick the other day, didn't he? So I'm going to say Trent. Uh, I may have just spoiled yours, Andy, but I mean, I, I think it was... I think <laughs> there was only two that were actually decent, so it's pretty obvious. So I'll go Trent's free kick, because it was lovely. It it was. It was fabulous free kick, and he should have played in Paris. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I am going to go for the Shakiri one uh, against Fulham, the volley, just because I, I love that... that the whole thing that spotting him, the cross into the box, the little blindside run and the technique on the finish, the composure, how he didn't play in Paris as well. I've, I've no idea, but yeah, two, two great goals and two rare highlights of the month, shall we say. So what about player of the month? This has got to be a tougher one. Yeah. This took me a little while to think of because, it wasn't going to be anyone in the midfield. Um, even the defence hasn't been too good. Uh, and and the, again, the attack hasn't been that great either. But um, I think when you struggle in a month like this, there's only one man to turn to, and it's the bloke who's had like two bad performances in his whole Liverpool career, and that's Andy Robertson for me. Um, I think he's played every game, and he's not really let us down in one. I mean, he had that rushed stupid moment against Watford potentially but other than that I think he's been pretty perfectly fine so I'd say Robertson just because I can't I can't think of anyone else who's been good all all month for whatever reason that's fair enough um I've got to say credit to uh to Allison as well in that PSG game show. because yeah. yeah if it wasn't for Allison that, that really would have been four or five goals he pulled off a couple of excellent saves um you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Shakiri, just purely that. Um, Any time we've actually looked like we've been doing something recently, it's when he's been on the pitch and he's been involved. So, even though he hasn't played an awful lot this month, just because I'm struggling <laughs> to to come up yeah. with positives, what the hell? I'll give it to Jadan Shakiri as well. He he can have my November Player of the Month. Uh, but it's it has been that kind of a month. Uh, let, let's be fair. And now it's time to get an update on the LFC women, and we're delighted to be joined by Heather Carroll, who does the who handles the uh, the media for the Liverpool FC women account. So uh, welcome to the show, Heather. Uh, Heather, it's uh, it's great to have you on board. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. And. It's it has been a bit of an up and down season for for LFC women. Obviously, there was there's been a lot of change, hasn't there? There's, there was the name change in the summer, um, new manager, a turnover of players. Um, then Neil Redfern left. But mm-hmm. the, talk to us about the the uh, well, a big historic appointment of Vicky Jepson. Yeah, no. Um, obviously, Vicky's been announced now as manager for the last four games. And um, before that, you know, she was interim manager alongside Chris Kirkland. I think it's a fantastic appointment by the club. You know, she's she's been there for ten years. She's worked her way up. She started coaching under 11s uh, ten years ago. Um, a couple of the girls who were in that under 11 side are actually in the reserve team now. So that's quite a nice journey for her to have gone on. And I'm, I'm thinking she's looking at giving a few of them their debuts later on in the season. Um, but I think she's she's a great appointment. You know, she's she's a well-regarded coach in the women's game. She's won awards with the FA, um, and she's also coached with the LFC Foundation for a number of years. She's been on pre-season tours with with the men's team, um, so she she gets Liverpool as well, you know. So I think it's it's a great appointment. Yeah, and I think that whole journey. I mean, that 
in itself inspirational. You know, that a coach can can take that journey right through a club and then come up to the top job like that. And and not only that, but it's another positive step, I think, for for women's football that we're seeing more women's uh, women coaches uh, being appointed to these jobs rather than just the easy option for a club to to go and just pick out a well-known male player from the, from uh, previous years. No, absolutely, I, I completely agree with you. I think she's a great role model for you know any anyone at the club or anyone looking to get into coaching um, in the women's game. Uh, you know, I think that what happened at Liverpool was people seeing the impact that she had on the players. You know, she's really smoothed it over when when Neil did leave. You know, all the players were quite happy with the way she ran things when she took over. Um, I think you know, the club have recognised that, and that's why she, she's been put put into the main role. Uh, and what about results-wise? Because it, like I said, it, it's not been the best of seasons for for Liverpool, but it has been it has been a big season of change. Um, a results not not still not too great. So um, out of the last four games, we have lost four, four. But you've sort of got to put it into context a little bit, I think. And we've had you know a tough run of games. We had Chelsea, Man City, we had Birmingham, who were flying high at the, at, at the top of the table, and then we lost two one to Bristol, which was a close result. Um, but you do have to put it into context. This is a very new team coming together. Obviously, they had a new manager in the summer and then another new manager again. I think all we need to do now is just get a couple of goals going in and a couple of results, and then we'll be we'll be all right. Uh, and that's that's the thing I think to look at then is yeah yeah it's it has been a difficult one. And Liverpool have you know previously we've seen them winning the women the uh, mm-hmm. sorry winning the the women's uh, Super League. But th- this is a new team. It, you know, lots of changes happened. Would you say there's a lot of hope there from the performances, even if the results are not really sort of matching that at this moment in time? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, as soon as, like I said, I think it's just as soon as we get those first couple of results on the board, um, I think you'll see a real change uh, in the team. But behind the scenes, everyone's happy. Everyone's, you know, content with the way that we're playing and things like that. So I think it just takes them a couple of goals to go in and then and then we'll be fine. Yeah, and, and continue, uh, continuing on that positive note then, uh, and just to wrap things up, you, you feel that not only uh, is you know the, the team sort of and the squad coming together and, and there's positivity there, but with with Vicky in place, you're looking at young players looking to get their opportunity as the season comes on then. You're, is that what you're expecting to see? Yeah, I would expect so. You know, I think we've got a very good young, you know, a few good young players anyway at the club. And you've got Neve Charles, who's who's out injured at the moment, but you know, she'll be looking to come back soon. And she she was fantastic for us at the start of the season. And I think she's been a big miss. You know, she's only 19 years old, but she's you know, one of the best players on the pitch when she plays for us. And she's come through the ranks. You know, she's she's been right through uh, the academy set up at the club. So she's she'll be one of the main players to look out for um, over the rest of the season. Uh, it's it's good to hear that the club is progressing in in so many ways like that, and and obviously good to hear that uh, that there are positives to look forward to that these young players coming through. So you think the future is is definitely bright for Liverpool uh, FC women? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know once Vicky begins to make a mark on the team, um, we start getting the results in. You start seeing a few of the young girls coming up. I think you know it's a good time to be involved with Liverpool women, and um, you know we've got our games now at Prenton Park, just over the water. I've uh, got two derby games coming up in the next week, so it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, and so for anyone listening, how, what, what's the best way for them to to get involved if they want to get uh, tickets to come see the games, uh, or they the want to you know follow what's happening online? So uh, you can follow on the Twitter account, which is Liverpool FCW. Um, it's the same on Instagram as well for that, and then we have a website which is women.liverpoolfc.com, um, and you can buy tickets, half season tickets, are on sale at the moment for twenty five pounds. Yeah. Nice Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, twenty five pounds to see half a season of football. You just can't. You can't argue with yeah. that, can you? No, no. We've got we've got Arsenal to come. We've got Everton to come. So uh, you know, it's good. It's a good price. Nice Christmas present. I recommend it for anyone. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Heather, thank you so much for for coming on and joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, no. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so it's time now for our academy update. So, Guy, talk to me about uh, the Liverpool academy over over the past month. Then, uh, are things looking better? Um, it, again, the under twenty threes um are a very very mixed month. <laughs> you, you, one of the results might surprise you, Andy, if you haven't heard it. But uh, yeah, the under-23s, as uh, I think we mentioned on the last few, they've been struggling all season. 
And um, they started off the uh, month quite well uh, with a 3-1 win against uh, Leicester. Um, and then they drew one all with Burnley at home, both of these games. And um, Andy, would you like to guess what the score was when we played Villarreal at home? Just at, well, I think it was in the international break. That, uh, that's probably the one caveat I'll give it here. But uh, what do you, what do you reckon the Villarreal result was against uh, against them? Oh dear! Now, now you've got me because I I do kind of remember seeing something and it wasn't very good mm-hmm. <laughs> were they losing like something like 3-0 no well at half time they were oh, <laughs> oh no I think they were losing 4-0 at half time if I remember correctly and it finished Jesus. 7-0 to Villarreal yeah yeah it's, it, it's not gone well that game um, but as I said the one caveat you can give to that it wasn't in the national, international break and um, some of our players were obviously away with under twenty ones for England and all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean seven nil. Uh, I imagine Villarreal had some players away on international break as well, so you can't really use that as too much an excuse. So that's an, again another embarrassment. Uh, I didn't suffer myself through that game, fortunately. Um, and then we beat Everton one nil uh, away, so we beat them. At, oh God, whatever they. Uh, under twenty three stadiums called, so yeah, I mean a bit of a bit of a mixed month. I mean, you got the lowest of lows, and and the uh, rest of it was pretty decent, I, I suppose. Considering the under twenty threes have really struggled, um, I, I, I again, I, I'm just going to use this as a, in a as a results roundup, but uh, a, probably the most interesting situation. I think Ben Woodburn came back again from his loan to get extra minutes. I can't remember which game that was. It might have been the mini derby, if I remember correctly. I mean. You you've probably seen uh, Ben Woodburn as well, obviously in in his first team minutes and stuff like that. I mean, do you, do you worry for his future? Obviously, coming back from Sheffield United to play under twenty three football, it's a weird situation, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. He, he certainly did look a, a real promising talent when when he first broke through, and a, a lot of players can look that way, and you can have high hopes for them, especially in pre season games where it's not quite the the same sort of pace and intensity levels. Uh, and it's that next step is, is the is probably the most difficult of all to take. And sometimes the, the players that you expect to be able to make it are the ones that don't. And sometimes the players that you just don't see making it uh, surprise you and, and suddenly make a huge progression level. So it certainly would be concerning that he's not been really sort of cutting it too much at championship level and he's coming back to under 23s I, I don't know maybe maybe they're just not utilizing him much maybe the style of play at Sheffield United yeah. wasn't really suiting um at this juncture I would hope that the, the club are considering the option of maybe sending him on loan for maybe half a season to to um a foreign team you know to go and play in, in the Bundesliga Ch- or Germany, the Eredivisie yeah, or, or the or the Belgian League something like that where it's not quite the same sort of physicality level and they're going to give more opportunities at a higher technical level, give more opportunities to the younger players, a bit more freedom, a bit more open uh, and potentially get to express himself, get that confidence going and get them minutes under his belt and that experience level and, and then maybe see, reevaluate things in the summer because he certainly had talent, that that was clear, but you know, it's talent's no guarantee with young players, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously the uh, the Rangers shout's been there as well as as every young player for Liverpool gets the uh, Steven Gerrard treatment. I mean, I wouldn't even be adverse to sending him up to Scotland because I mean you at least get a, a trusted uh, starts at least because you know Gerrard will look after he'll probably look after his own because obviously he mentioned he, man- he managed. Um, Ben Woodburn in the Champions or the Youth Champions League games, if I remember correctly. So yeah, yeah. I think. But if you're going to send him to the S- Gerard. yeah, if you're going to send him to the SPL, you might as well just send him to League Two, <laughs> and, and, and without being flippant, you know, League One or League Two, because it's essentially that kind of a level. But I, the very limited stuff I've seen on Scotland is, yeah, yeah. is a bit more physical. So it's not again, pretty, no, yeah. it's no, but it. it, it the thing is, does that really sort of suit his style of play? Is that what's going to get the best out of him? That's why I'd I'd be more inclined to consider. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm playing there with the you. European yeah. team. So, but anyway. Yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, I think it's I think it's worked for Azaria and Kent 
Kent Kent, I don't think he has much of a future, but I think Ajari is kind of a similarish player. But no, I think if you want the safe option, send him to Rangers if you want the max potential. I mean, just look at the wonders it's done for Sutton. I think uh, I think Reece Nelson went permanently, didn't he, to Hoffenheim? Was it Hoffenheim? Um, yeah, he's he, on loan. He's on loan. Is he there. loan? Is he loan? Yeah, yeah he, he's obviously doing wonders. Jaden Sancho's now in the England team after after being brave and moving from Man City to to Dortmund. Um, Reese Oxford. I'm not sure how he did it. Gladbach, but he's obviously got more first team experience there, and I'm sure there's a few others. Uh, so yeah, Germany. Germany seems to be the one to go. But I mean, it hasn't really worked for us. I mean, we sent Kent to Freiburg if I remember correctly he, he did nothing there so I mean, it's you just got to find the right club but I think sending him abroad it's, it's a new culture and as you said this, the style of play in, in Germany will be much more suited for him I imagine than it would be in Scotland and it's obviously a high level so yeah I, I agree with you there it'd be best if he went to uh, went abroad yeah so Andy I'll move on to the under 18s and um as we've said on all the Reds review shows, it, it, the under eighteen seemed to be much more promising, and um, yeah, it started off again. We beat Everton four three again in the mini mini derby, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, we went to, we went to Red Star and won two nil. So we did, the under eighteens did what the first team couldn't and actually not be terrible away from home. <laughs> um, beat Reading six nil. Um, it just show, it just shows the attacking talent we have in our team at that, at the minute. Um, unfortunately, lost two one to Derby County, um, and then lost away in Paris. So we've kind of ended the uh, the month on a, on a sour note. But I mean, the first three games, especially, look very promising. And a name who I've seen came out of the under eighteens with a lot of credit and a lot of praise is I'm I'm going to butcher his name so apologies in advance Dutch people if you're listening is Kia Jan Hoover who is a a young right back who can also play center back I believe um who who we signed in the summer I can't remember which team from um but he seems to have caught he seems to have got a lot of fanfare and a lot of praise so I mean <laughs> it's not exactly a position we're struggling in with his his right back but when when you think of young right backs, um, Andy, I mean, where, where do you fall on the uh, the Trent debate? Do you think his long term future is centre is central midfield, and then we can kind of possibly promote this young Dutch kid to be in right back in a few years, or do you think Trent's the the right back for the next ten years? What what where do you fall on that debate? Just just for a progression debate, shall we say? Uh, at present, from what I've seen, is Trent's a right back, and Trent will probably be a long term right back. Um, very limited in what I've seen of him play. I sort of saw that game where he played in central midfield and, to be honest, looked a bit lost. Um, so I would say, as things stand, and they can change because last season, watching Joe Gomez defending high balls and crossfield balls and things mm. like that, I, I was concerned he was ever going to be able to make that transition back into being a centre-back. But he's been a complete and not a re- revelation at centre back. So, you know what? What the hell do I know? And and players can just suddenly have that eureka moment, and they can make that step of progression that you you maybe initially thought they could do, but then they couldn't take, and and then suddenly it happens. So, yeah, I, I, at present it's it looks more likely that Trent's the long term right back. For me, I'd like to see at the moment Klein used as the rotation option for him and then you look at the young players probably coming in to take over that that position of, of rotating and putting the pressure on him in, in I don't know in the years to come maybe that's a year two three years whatever yeah. depends on on how they're progressing yeah absolutely I mean you could probably throw Rafa Camacho who obviously got um, a lot of praise in pre-season I think he started to play further forward as well which was his natural position but he has played right back uh, for the first team pretty much uh, all the time uh, when he's got those very sparing minutes in, in pre-season so it, it looks like we've got a lot of right backs to discuss in the future uh, God knows if they'll make it I mean Trent I think Trent was a guaranteed thing because he, he was just fantastic throughout. So it'll be interesting to see how how the young fullbacks do. I mean, Neko, Neko Williams, I'm, he's probably one that's not really mentioned too much, but he's he's been promising whenever I've seen him. Uh, so yeah, it, it it it's weird how we've gone from struggling at right back uh, through the Glenn Johnson days and all that jazz, and now we've got about a million of them ready to come through. <laughs> uh, Good, hey, better to have too many than not enough. And, true, um, true. 
and it's it's good it's good for me it's good to hear that you know someone who coaches kids it, it's good to hear that we've got talent and and real chances of progression coming in yeah coming in the future for the club yeah. anyway so as i said he can play center back as well so that might be that might i think he played there against psg actually so we might be looking to think okay if trent's going trent's only basically three-year-old in footballing terms so he's going to be there for the next 10 10 odd years this this young lad could be could possibly be van dyke's dutch successor who who knows um but that that's that's one in about five years time andy when we're all old and decrepit <laughs> just talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and decrepit now <laughs> yeah. yeah um we could talk about him then but yeah that i mean that's been the that's been the academy review it looks like a bit of a mixed bag for both teams but some some impressive wins there and some embarrassing losses, especially for the under twenty three. So, I'll move on to the fantasy stuff. And Andy, I know you're not the biggest player of it, but who have you cursed this month? <laughs> well, initially I put Trent in against oh my better judgment, yeah, and and like obviously he went missing, so I put him on the bench against Watford, and of course he scored. And and all my other players played, so I didn't get his points, you know, being the skilled player that I am. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, overall, I'm on 599 points. Um, that puts me 741st in the Anfield Index League and 31st in the Contributors League. So uh, I've got 740 people above me all nervously looking over their shoulder. <laughs> Uh, just, just for you listeners, and just to pour salt in the wound, that is bottom of the contributors' league at thirty first. There is it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, just it's rope a dope. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to hook you in. The rocky comeback is coming, people. Next month we will be talking about Andy God. overtaking me and the champion of AI by the looks of it, because every every month he is top of the AI league, and that is Neil C. Uh, we lack creativity on 829 points. He is just taking the mick out the rest of the league. And I'll have you know, Andy, I am in the top four, so I am currently just Tottenham slash Chelsea, which is just a bad thing to say. But uh, yeah, I'm, in, I'm fourth in the uh, AI Contributors League, and I will just get up the um, public league. And the person first again is uh, Richard Merritt, who I, I believe again is is on a is on a few month streak now. Um, Tiki more Tika more Salah, and uh, I am. I just s- need to copy his team. You might as well, yeah. <laughs> I might bloody do that. It'll make the fantasy pod easier. But I'm sat eighty first in that league. I, I'm not sure how many people are in that league, but uh, yeah, eighty first. That'll do me, as I'm not known for doing well on fantasy. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's an all right, it's an all right bump for me. Um, yeah. Just looking, that. sorry, you just say looking at the stats for the Liverpool players then. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, uh, goalkeepers, uh, Allison's second highest point scorer. Uh, Edison's leading the way on 68, Allison on 63. So considering he's not had any penalty saves in there, that's uh, that's impressive for yeah, him as a yeah. goalkeeper. Obviously a solid option. Oh yeah, uh, I mean if you've got the money for if you've got money for Allison or Edison, it's it's pretty much you just you just put him in and leave it. That's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, I I keep with the hair in there just to put the curse. It's working quite nicely actually. Oh yeah, just not Champions League unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, on defenders then, Alonso still leading the way. Uh, the Marcus Alonso, that is of course mm-hmm. the defenders. He's on eighty-seven points, but second and third sit Robertson on seventy-eight and Trent on sixty-five. So uh, we're not doing so badly uh, in that that side of it, and and that's considered when you think that Robertson doesn't really sort of pop up with goals. So mm. I'm I'm not sure. I think he's got. I think he's got three FPL assists. This was a discussion point in one of our Discord uh, threads. I think. Some one site doesn't give Robertson an assist against Leicester or something like that, but he's got three assists. And if you compare that to Alonso, who basically plays up front, not that big a difference. Uh, and obviously Alonso's a lot more expensive. It's uh, it's quite impre- impressive, especially for especially for Trent as well, who obviously is victim. I'm going to use that word, victim of 
stupid rotation. Um, so he hasn't played all the games, whereas Robertson's played all but one. Um, it, I think it's very impressive from Trent. And obviously, I think he's only scored the goal against uh, Watford the other day. So yeah. it, it, yes, yeah. it, it just it speaks volumes of how good our defence has been this season. Yeah, I, I had I had uh, almost as many points on the bench as I had from my uh, my team. But there you go. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on, midfielders then. Um, overall, Sterling leads that list on 95 points because he keeps banging them in. Yeah, that guy that used to play for us. Um, that bad one, yeah. Yeah, Azad is uh, second on 83. Uh, Salah is level with him, though, on 83 points. So I guess joint second, whatever. And then you've got Mane next on the list on 77. So them two, despite the fact that we, and we keep talking about our front three being pretty isolated from the rest of our team, those two are still banging the points away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Mane had a bit more of a hot start to the league than Salah did, and now it's kind of changed around. But I think Mane, I think they've kind of got a bit of a balance now. I think Firmino is still a bit of a worry, but we'll obviously talk about him in a sec. But the other two, I think Salah's pretty much scoring every home game. And I, I can't remember who, I think it was Tadiwa who brought it up on the fantasy podcast, a cheap plug there. Um, is that pretty much Aguero scores home for Man City all the time and Salah scores home for Liverpool all the time. So pretty much you just got to start rotating your captains between them two. So I'm going I'm going to do that from now on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I won't do, I, I won't touch Mane. Do, do I'll the leave opposite. him alone. Yeah, do do yeah. the opposite. You you captain yeah. you captain Aguero. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aguero leads the striker list and uh, sadly for Mino who's the only one that's actually kind of classified of our three forwards the regular front three uh, that's classified in this as a as a striker, he's nowhere to be seen. So yeah, that, that tells you unfortunately the, the kind of season he's having. Yeah, he's he's on fifty three. So mm. uh, looking at the Liverpool players up to this point, then Salah highest scoring on eighty three. Then you've got Robertson seventy eight, Mane seventy seven, Trent sixty five, Allison sixty three, then Van Dijk fifty seven, Firmino fifty three, and Gomez forty six. So. Some solid picks there. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you can only have three of each team. I mean, yeah, it. I think it'd be easy enough to get three Man City and three Liverpool, uh, depending unless we get both, unless one team gets horrendous fixtures. But um, just look at my. I'd say, I'd say it certainly makes sense to have either Salah or Mane, and then either Robertson or Alexander. Uh, Trent, sorry, if you if you're looking for you know you're getting your Liverpool players in, and then you maybe want. Maybe you want Allison um, yeah. or pick an extra one of the, the you know the any of the top four, but uh, there's some there's some good solid choices. It's um, at least Liverpool are doing well in somewhere. Yeah, I mean I, I've got <laughs> I've got uh, I've got two Liverpool players and I've got three Man City players and possibly uh, one of the situations I was talking about on fantasy was bringing in Trent for Alonso just for value for money. Um, so yeah, I might have three. I might have three of each there, and listen to my own advice. Ho- hopefully, I don't ruin it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think the the weird thing is it, this season. I think you'd be safer buying more defensive players for Liverpool than attacking players, which I wasn't expecting to say this season. Oh, yeah, it's def- definitely a weird feeling that one. So th- that's the fantasy stuff all put to bed, and obviously. Uh, you can if if you you know you're particularly interested in all the FPL stuff. There is the fantasy podcast with yourself, guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week um, we kind of covered two game weeks, so this it'll probably it should still be relevant because there's uh, obviously the midweek games as well, which we kind of cover. So if this comes out over the weekend, do do check that. I mean, just. It pretty much just says who you should buy and avoid, uh, and pretty much ignore me because I tend to curse people. <laughs> Yeah, same here. Right, are you ready for some trivia? Oh, go on then. Right, December. Uh, birthdays. There's In our current squad, there's no actual birthdays in there. So I've just picked out a few uh, of a few of our historical and uh, legendary players. Uh, there was a couple that I chose not to pick. Uh, one, one being Michael Owen, for my own uh, personal reasons. But anyway, uh, 8th of December, Terry McDermott, legendary midfielder. Uh, he was born back in 1951, so it'll be a happy birthday to him. Uh, 11th of December, Stephen Nicholl, 
Born 1961, one of my favourite ever fullbacks for Liverpool. I love seeing him play. Uh, I loved him at right back. Uh, 12th of December, Daniel Agger, born 1984. Classy, classy centre back he was. Yeah. Uh, if it w- just such a shame he got so many injuries. If it wasn't for the injuries, Daniel Agger, what a player he would have been. And the final one, born Christmas Day. Poor guy, having to uh, miss out on quite as many presents as you normally would get, having to open birthday and Christmas presents at the same day. Gary McAllister, born 1964. What a, what a, what a quality, classy midfielder he was. Loved a bit of Gary Mack and that 30-odd yard um, free kick against Everton. Just a year before my time there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and just to step back in time, I thought I'd theme this, actually, because bearing in mind what is required um, against Napoli in the Champions League, I thought I'd jump back in time to the December of 2004 because there are some of them there are some similarities uh in there there was a, a draw against Spurs in the league cup draw against Villa in the league you know not not really sort of tearing up any trees but then you've got Olympiacos Liverpool needing oh. to win by two clear goals at Anfield and Steven Gerrard steps up with a few minutes left Bang, that famous goal, and we won 3-1. So that was in December of 2004. So, you never know, know, hopefully it's a bit of an omen. It's a lovely switch round from the start of the podcast, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm... I'm it's almost I deliberate. Could make a joke. I could, <laughs> I could make a very inappropriate joke there about, um, about scarecrows, but I won't. So, yeah, I'll, I'm desperate. I'll grab for anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. <laughs> So, predictions then. Predictions, Guy. Here we go. Here's the fun bit. Right. For November then, you predicted Liverpool to beat Arsenal 4-2. I predicted (laughs) Liverpool to win 2-1. Of course, the result was 1-1, so we both got zero points on that. Um, Fulham, as you mentioned, (laughs) you predicted we'd win (laughs) 6-0. Oh, we have to have a laugh. And I just missed out, actually, because I went for 3-0. So, uh, and the result was 2-0. So we both get one point for that, even though I was closer. Um, then Watford, you predicted a 2-1 win. I predicted 2-2. And Liverpool, of course, won 3-0. So you get one point. Boom. All of which means you are on 15 points and I am on 7 so I'm just kind of setting you up nicely just to reel you in this month because there is an absolute ton of games to come. So we'll do all the Premier League ones first before we talk about that Napoli game. So first up at the weekend, home to Everton. What what are you going to go for this one? Ooh, 3-1 to us. 3-1 to Liverpool. You know what? I'm going to go 1-1. I like uh, it, Andy. Yeah. What about Liverpool-Burnley? Because this is away from home, midweek game. Uh, Burnley are awful. I know we've had tough times there, but we have to win if we're serious about the season. Uh, so, 2-0. 2-0. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. What? Uh, then we've got Bournemouth away from home. Uh, being a good team this season, Bournemouth, but the style of play does tend to suit us. So, uh, what do you fancy for this? Um... 2-1 to us, as you say, suit us. Yeah, I'm going to go for the same score, actually. I, I kind of fancy that one. In fact, no, you know what? Just to be different, I'm going to go for us to win 3-2. How's about that? Go on. I like, I like it. Uh, Liverpool, Man United. Oh, God. I'm not looking forward to watching this. Yeah, I hate this fixture, um, especially with Mourinho. Um, oh, God, I hate it. Screw it, I think we'll lose because we're cursed against them. I'll say 2-1 and then be surprised if we do out. And be happily surprised, I should say, if we win or or draw. I'm going to go for nil-nil in this. I think it's going to be absolutely turgid. Um, I I was hoping this would be the game where he gets sacked, you know, just down to us. But instead now I'm wanting that to be later in the season, stuff them at home at Old Trafford and let him get sacked after that one. 
mm. obviously want us to beat them. So my superstition tells me, yeah, I must, I must not pick us to win that game. Um, away at Wolves looked a much tougher game earlier in the season. It looks like they're kind of coming unstuck a little bit. So what, what about this one? Because this is the thing with December, so many games thick and fast. Obviously, it impacts on our squad, but when you look at some of the other teams a bit further down the league, they don't have quite the same uh, wealth of uh, the, the, the riches, should you should we say, uh, to, to pick from. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, not Watford, Wolves are uh, a, a weird one. Um, they've obviously took points off Man City um, in, in the same fixture there. Uh, so, yeah, this, this is one of the ones where you look, this is where we can actually gain a point or two on, on, on Man City. Um, so, yeah, we have to win. Have to win. 2-1. Um, 2-1, okay. I'm going to go for 2-0. I'm going to be very, very bold. Um, Boxing Day, we're at home to Newcastle. Confident? Oh, God. Yeah, because Rafa loves us. <laughs> uh, well, if, if he's still there, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, at home, uh, I was at the St. James's Park game last season. Uh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but at, at home, I'll say 3-0. Ooh, 3-0. I'm going to go for another 2-0. And just to finish the year off and finish the month off, we are playing at home to Arsenal. So uh, what about this one then? Oh, God, Arsenal is so bad defensively. I know they've kind of got in decent form and stuff. Well, this is a, this is a very long way away, so they might be awful by that. But um, as well, so might we. But uh, I, I will say 3-1 because um, at home, Arsenal, uh, we, we match up perfectly as long as we don't play that stupid midfield we've been mentioning all season or yeah. podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. And that is seven Premier League games over the next month. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But of course, so that's our head-to-head league, predictions league. But there is another game in December. And that is, well, that is the, uh, the Napoli game. So we're at home to them on the 11th of December sandwiched in between the Bournemouth and, Man- and the Man United games. Um, we've got to win by, what's it, we've got to win 1-0, is it? Or I think two, we can, by I two think clear we can goals? Win one, yeah, I think we can win 1-0 yeah. or by two. Yeah, clear. it's ridiculously convoluted. But bottom line, guy, do you think, A, we can win the game, and B, can we win it in the way required? I have a horrendous feeling, Andy, that won't win, but still go out. I just have that horrendous feeling that the damage has been done um, in in that Red Star game. It just it terrifies me, um, especially with the United game straight afterwards. That that's that's always a a bit of a, a bad situation. Um, oh, I just I just don't like it. I just no, don't, I, I'm, I just don't I'm, like I'm, it. I'm I don't know. I, I do believe we can beat them, but. I'm just not convinced we, we've got quite enough. But what I'd really love to see is, you know, the way that uh, PSG were celebrating last night, you think that that was it. You know, they they were through, they'd won the group. Um, I'd mm. love to see them lose in, in Belgrade. Oh, that'd be beauty. <laughs> now, I'd love to see them lose in Belgrade. We win and us and Napoli go through. So <laughs> ah, that'd, be, that'd be lovely, that, to be fair. No, that, that would be rather nice. That would kind of be the uh, the icing on the cake. Hey, at least PSG would probably win a European Cup that way. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that didn't because we. now we'll get now we'll get in the Europa League. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I just that that game terrifies me. I, I, that's a terrifying game. Yeah, I, at, at the moment, I, I it's diffi- I really do find it difficult to call, and I think it it will. I know we've spoke about it so much, but I think it's going to hinge on on team selection. Uh, who we pick at the back, but essentially, most importantly, really, is who we pick in midfield. Uh, I think we need to have a midfield that can control the game, but also can link the midfield to the attack. Just be and, bloody and, brave. <laughs> yeah, we've well, that is it. We've got to be braver, and I think this is going to be a game for Shakiri to start for me. Absolutely, must win. We need to be we need to be brave, and we've got to go balls out and go for it. And hey, you know, if we're going to go down, uh, let's at least go down fighting rather than. Uh, you know, Laughing. the whimper that we saw last night. So, 
yeah. And that's it, guy. Uh, another month done with. Yeah, busy, busy month ahead. Um, so, God, I'm, I'm not. It'll be fun looking for our results uh, in in the pre uh, in the next uh, next month. Show sure. uh, there'll be a lot to get through. This could be where your comeback comes, Andy. Yeah, I could I could easily take the lead. I reckon over the next month. Hey, yeah, it's an action-packed December ahead for for us all Liverpool fans. So. Um, so that's it. So from from myself and Guy, a, a big thank you to you all for listening. Uh, please do enjoy the festive period. Hopefully Liverpool do the business and make us all feel that bit better. And then we can come back into 2019 and be pushing on for a couple of trophies. Wouldn't that be nice? But anyway, until we return, that's it from, uh, from myself and, and Guy. Again, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. We really do appreciate it. But this has been your December edition of the Reds Review uh, audio magazine here on Anfield Index. So until next month, it's bye-bye now. Network.